Hey everyone, sorry about this, but we're going to have a bit of sponsored content before we start the show. I imagine you were probably in the mood for a beer after our display on Saturday, so we've teamed up with Beer 52, the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Every month they source the world's best beers and bring them back for their members. This month's theme is beers from Korea. I've just had a silky smooth daydream IPA from the Magpie Brewing Co. And I'm about to try a 6% blackcurrant milkshake IPA. There's no minimum commitment. You can just take the free case, try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. As a Wizards listener, you get your first case free. Just pay postage. That's eight beers, ferment magazine and a snack. Just visit beer52.com. That's beer number five, number two dot com forward slash wizards and join the club. And you'll also be massively helping out this podcast. Cans. Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Chris Brammer is here. I am. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. There you are. He's that somewhere. Was, you, you you introduced me quicker than I was ready for. So, uh, yeah, I'm here. Hiya. S- slow off the blocks. Good start. Good start, lads. Ben Cartwright is here. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yes. See? See? He gets it. Snappy. Straight away. In there. But, wait, just need to check what team we're talking about on this podcast. Uh, just uh, one sec. <laughs> oh, apparently it's Stoke City. Oh, damn. Ah, mm. uh, yes. There is a lot to talk about with regards to Stoke City Football Club. Uh, the first of which is a bit of a transfer window thing. That window slammed shut uh, during saga. the week. And there's been some ingoings and outgoings. Uh, Jonesy's first moves in the transfer market as Stoke manager. Uh, Danny Bart and Sam Vokes came in. Tyrese Campbell went on loan, Eric Peters went on loan, uh, Ibrahim Afalai's contract was cancelled and the highest profile departure, especially if you have been following BBC Sport at all <laughs> recently, Peter Crouch is now a Burnley player. A sad time uh, as he ends a seven and a half year association with the club. Looking back on the £10 million we paid for Crouchy, did we get our money's worth? Oh, I yes. think... Yeah, you've got to say you've got to say we did. I I mean I would argue we got our money's worth in the very first season when he scored that ridiculous goal against Man City. Um and that that first season was arguably the season where he was most effective for us. Um no, I I'm, I'm as much as we've all felt the end was near for Crouch. I always felt that I or at least I hoped that the end was with us I thought you know his contract would come to an end this summer and he would retire and it would have been nice that way we could have given him a nice send off uh, we could have sent, given him that nice tribute video then rather than when he moved to Burnley because that made me really sad but <laughs> I mean fair fair enough to him like he can get a move back to the Premier League then fair enough to him um, it surprises me because I don't think he is of that standard but he he may do something for Burnley. It's it's a sad 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 to see the back of him, but from a nostalgic point of view rather than a, oh we're gonna miss him in this team. He has probably got a big back as well, so you're probably looking at him if you if you're sad to see his back. <laughs> well done. Fairly fairly large area to be sad at. I wonder why his podcast gets all the listens. Uh. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if if 
if one of us leaves the Wizard Dribble podcast, if it gets as much media coverage by BBC Sport, be like... <laughs> People in Burnley making posters of, like, oh, mind yeah. your head, Carol yeah. Shaw and all the rest of it. Sean Dyche um, paying about £5 million for each of us because apparently that's what he thinks is worth. Yeah, yeah. I've, I must admit, uh, strange from Burnley's point of view. I know he he came on and ruffled some feathers on his debut yesterday, but yeah, that, I definitely think we got the better end of this deal in getting Sam Vokes. Um mm-hmm. I think anyone who's listened for a long enough period of time knows that I've thought Crouch isn't good enough for quite a while. But it is it is a shame because he's one of few players actually at the club who were bought by Tony Pulis and he's spanned what is this his fifth manager now um mm. yeah and even in the final days of Nathan Jones he was being used as a 10 minutes to go chuck him on option which tells you something about his kind of status within the team and everyone acknowledges him as a as a nice guy and uh, he elevated the profile of the club which was important. I remember a Greek bloke on holiday pointing at my Stoke shirt and saying Peter Crouch. Yeah, he, huh. he, he had that kind of effect on people. He, yeah. Everyone wanted it uh, to to succeed. And uh, what struck me watching the uh, tribute video was how many just kind of classic Michael Owen esque poacher goals yeah. he got. Like, yeah, he'd, he'd sometimes look a bit ungainly doing them, but he, so many of Get those goals from like there. two yards out. Yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think we've had anyone quite as good as just getting in those areas in front of goal. So, that's I mean, nice. to be fair, watch, miss, watching a compilation video of all of the strikers' goals is fairly sort of biased, isn't it? It's a biased experience. You're looking at a good, what? What do you say? Seven and a half, eight years there. I mean, I don't want to take away from the man, but he, he put mm. he put away every single chance on that video. It's incredible. <laughs> Never missed that Peter Crouch. That's the way I remember him. Never missed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, aside from uh, the obvious uh, one, uh, the absolute screamer against Man City, best goal I've ever seen in person. Any uh, crouchy moments that that you'll remember fondly? I think the fact that he got his hundred goals at his at this club is always a nice thing. I think the fact that so we we're not ever going to have many players that are sort of. He's such a, a big part of the Premier League, Peter Crouch, and I think maybe him and maybe Roy Zalap, and other than that, you're sort of struggling to see players of that ilk. Where maybe in 20 years' time, I still imagine most people will remember Roy Zalap and those few years. I still I still talk to people who sort of aren't obviously following Stoke week out, week in week out, and they'll remember Roy Zalap. And I think it'll be the same for Peter Crouch, and to have that player with, I mean, such banter, and I, I'm. I've been his biggest critic of his playing style and, and maybe some of his dad joke tweets as well. But it, I I got sad when he left, and I think just having that that level of a player off the pitch it's this is the modern way that having players with that personality and and having that bit on the side, and he's done that fantastically well. Unfortunately, he's been doing podcasts better than playing football for the last couple of years. But at least I, I'm happy to have had him and it and. As I think Chris said as well, I was sad that when he saw. So I think it's just a general feeling of being happy that he was able to spend time with us, and I mean, hopefully, he had a good time. I, I was going to say, not that he mentions us too much in his in his mm. biography. 
Well, I mean, you say that, but we are the club he spent the longest period of time at by yeah, quite a distance. He's been such a such a journeyman before before coming to us and like making. And those landmarks came with us. His hundredth goal is record for headed goals. Is mm-hmm. whatever they all they all uh, yeah. they all came with us. Um, just kind of re, uh, revisiting the transfer. No Barton Vokes we can talk about in terms of their debuts uh, in the whole chat, but. I just wanted to get your takes on the loney departures that happened on deadline day. Kind of out of the blue. I was very mm. much uh, rocked on my heels by this. It was a very exciting deadline day, I must admit. It, relatively little got done versus what was hyped kind of <laughs> in the morning. But I, I think just for kind of tweets out of the blue and kind of stories out of the blue, this was as good a deadline day as we've had in a while. Uh, just for kind of excitement and chat and all the rest of it. I agree. So, so what do we make of the uh, departures, uh, the the loan departures anyway? Tyrese Campbell and Eric Peters. Tyrese Campbell is obviously the one that was a bit, a bit more of a, not a, well, a shock. It was a shock, and it was a bit more that sort of stuck with you and thought, do I actually want that to happen? And I mean, looking at the Shrewsbury tweet when when they tweeted it out, their fans are absolutely buzzing. Obviously, having seen him score two quite tidy finishes against themselves, the only player that did anything against them really um, on that on that FA Cup night. So, I think it's probably a good thing. I think it's obvious if we're willing to let him go out on loan that Jones is thinking that he's probably not quite there yet to be starting week in week out. And if he's going to be starting week in week out for Shrewsbury and can do something for them, then that's only a good thing. I mean, we've seen a few times now, a few different players that have gone out on loan to a lower, lower level, um, League One or League Two, and not really done that much. So hopefully Tyrese Campbell is the difference. He feels like there's that level of um, excitement around Tyrese Campbell, more so than any other player, I'd say. Well, obviously, N'Goy being the, the obvious um, outlier mm. to that. But again, he didn't do too much when he went to Warsaw. So... I'm excited to see Campbell and what he can do and I think obviously that's something for the future and he's not going to go away. He is a natural finisher, he's he's good at football and yeah, good luck to him for the next few months. Obviously then Eric Peters, again, I, f- I feel quite sad. I, I, I think he's he's been a great player for us and I think this is now the end of, of what's been an, a good few years and obviously it's never been perfect but when is it ever perfect with a player at Stoke? Um, so again, I'm... I'm this isn't sort of me being like, oh, good riddance, Eric Peters, because I think he's he's been a, a fabulous player at times for us, but it was the right thing to do, and it's showing what Jones is willing to do, because Eric Peters, he, he must be a well-liked character. I know that um, Pete from the Sentinel um, was a big fan of him, and, and obviously he was sort of more than willing to say that, that he wasn't very good at crossing, so he's obviously a nice chap. So, again, good luck to him, and hopefully he can do something over there and and this isn't the end of his career and, and thank you for playing at Stoke I guess the main concern that came out of it was the fact that we don't really have a first choice left back with Eric Peters going and and whilst I don't really think that Peters was going to be in Nathan Jones's style and I, I think that what they've done is taken an opportunity that may not have been there in the summer for Eric Peters and took it now, um, and 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 you know use that use this opportunity. I think it does leave us a little bit threadbare and and makes us wonder who's going to have that 
left wing back position for the rest of the season. It certainly doesn't feel like we have a complete squad. It doesn't feel like Nathan Jones has done all of his all of his transfer work. It's maybe the prequel to the summer transfer window and the big revolutionary job that's mm. going to happen. Because I do feel that we may see a big uh, turnover. Well, maybe just more a shock at some of the players who leave. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, for so long we've said that there's issues at the club, and whilst in no way am I saying Eric Peters is a problem, um, he was part of that period of time where you you just need fresh faces in to get rid of old mentalities, maybe. Um, yeah, it does raise the question who's going to play left-back, but I kind of sympathise with them doing it now. Because I don't think, as as good as Eric Peters could can be defensively in the system we're playing, where they are the wing backs are the people who get the the ball into the box. He was not going to be able to do it. It's interesting that a lot of people are saying that um, that this summer we're going to get rid of loads of players because obviously Jones has come in and his job is to develop his system with this squad that he's got. But a lot of people are saying, right, this summer, let's just get rid of 10. So, obviously, we've said on the podcast, this season is sort of a write-off anyway, but it becomes, it changes from a write-off to a complete waste of time. And I'm not saying that I disagree with people saying that we need to get rid of all the players, but if we, if we, Nathan Jones is working his magic on all this squad, and then in the summer we get rid of, what, at least half of, the, half of it, which some people are saying... What does that like? Do we just not bother anymore? Is, we may as well play anyone at left back if if that's the case. So. Yeah, it definitely felt like this kind of few days of transfer activity Jones has had with us. It felt like a, a trailer for a, a a more exciting film in the in the summer where <laughs> everyone's kind of anticipating and hoping for more wholesale changes. Um, I must admit, I I was surprised with that um, about Peters going purely for that reason of no recognised left back to play in this system. He's given Timon uh, a couple of runs lately, and obviously Timon hasn't really impressed. Um, but Timon is more a Nathan Jones fullback than Eric Peters is because he's younger, quicker, and in theory, you know, should be better attacking. Um, but that being said, I'm kind of, whilst I'm concerned about the left-back position, it's not like uh, we're definitely battling relegation or definitely uh, going for promotion. So, you know, we can kind of live with it for a bit. And I'm kind of relieved that we weren't making complete wholesale changes in January. A, because you very rarely get that many good deals in January. And B, because it would feel like a rush job if if everything happened at once and we kind of need the time to to not only uh, get players in, but kind of give a lot of these players uh, the chance to either prove themselves worthy of being here or mm. prove themselves worthy of fitting in the system. I know kind of his team selections have kind of chopped and changed quite rapidly from one game to the other. He's changed systems, he's changed personnel quite quickly. So... People, uh, players that maybe we hadn't even considered uh, for the future, maybe they're going to come back into the side and, and show what they've got, you know. So um, it's kind of a one big experiment now, this 
uh, end of the season. Now this this experiment could blow up in our faces. Something could go horribly wrong, and <laughs> you know maybe maybe the doomongers who say we aren't definitely out of relegation yet will be proven to have a point, and then God knows what happens then. But I think it's more than likely that we won't go down. So okay. we're not <laughs> going to go down. I'm absolutely having none of that chat. I just don't understand it. We look at yeah. the table for goodness' sake. Yeah. So it's it's again preaching that patience and preaching that kind of uh, have faith in Nathan Jones because at this point of being a soap fan, if we can't have faith in Nathan, Nathan Jones right now, then we may as well just all pack up and watch the fucking Six Nations or something. Uh, so oh, on no, on, <laughs> never, never the Six Nations. Uh, on to Hull. Uh, yeah, another disappointing result for us. Two 0 it finished. Uh, few three word reviews uh to maybe run through before uh words fail me season fucked now practice taking penalties what a shambles another weekend ruined uh stop missing penalties soon be summer start a documentary bojan was decent no cutting edge emperor's new clothes pray for nathan fuck butland off uh light years from prem we're going down uh, blow mid table ruined my birthday oh mate oh no um, <laughs> I'm so sorry what times rugby never uh. <laughs> uh, yeah and lots relating to penalties um, to be honest lads I don't think it was as horrible as is maybe being made out yeah. um, I would say that up until we gave away a stupid free kick we were the better side. We'd certainly created the better chances. We had mm-hmm. a really good chance for McLean that's kind of gone yeah. under the radar because it was McLean and not Vokes on the end of that chance where he just kind of I don't know what he did. He kind of fell over his own feet with the goal gaping. And then we had that chance later on with uh, this cro- great cross from Edwards just eluding Vokes. So I thought on the balance of play, you know, we were looking all right. You know, I think... The midfield in general, apart from one obvious exception, was working quite well. And then we go uh, concede a free kick. And I called us conceding that free kick because it was just like, yeah, of course we're going to concede this free kick. It's just inevitable. Um, So we concede the free kick. Then penalty straight away. And just, it's it's not funny anymore, right? It's just, like, how... how, Honestly. like, 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 you could just blindfold yourself, take 10 penalties against a decent standard goalkeeper, and you'd score three. I'm sorry. Just law of averages. You don't even have to be very good pen taker. How, how often do you see it where a penalty shootout happens? And none of the pens are any good, but most of them still go in. It's just fucking ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that happens. And then I think we're we're kind of still in it. And then they, we we changed personnel around, uh, and we defended relatively well up until the second goal. And then after the second goal, the he- heads drop and and we're stuffed. Um, is that maybe a too generous reading of the game? How did you guys see it? No, do you know what? I I completely agree. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm taking a purely objective look at the football season now rather than getting emotionally involved because there's too much hurt but um, I I did feel that 
compared to the game against Preston, which was god awful, I thought that it it was an improvement. I thought, as you say, we were the better side before conceding the stupid free kick. Um, in in all honesty, the only thing that made me I just annoyed about this game was the penalty, um, because. I, this record is mad. It's an absolutely insane record that's going on. As you say, by by law of averages, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but I mean, yeah. That aside, we 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 know we're not good. We know that there's a lot of work to, to be done. And Hull are a team. Well, they're, they're the informed team in the league. They're 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 doing well. And this isn't to say this isn't to say give it an excuse and and you know we we should beat teams like Hull if we were the team that we thought we were at the start of the season but we're clearly not and I, I don't I don't feel annoyed by this result as much as I thought I would have at the start of the weekend um it's just disappointing yeah but better than Preston and that's saying something the thing is, the thing is to remember is how we're very good at home and we're very bad. That's that are the two important facts. That's all we need to know. And the problem with the penalties is they're not even good penalties. It's not even like, oh, we're unlucky there. Oh, the keeper's done very well. They're just bad. Like, why is Sam folks coming to coming? I mean, I'm not. I don't want to have a go at Sam because it's obviously a bigger problem. There's some mentality thing, and he's come in. And he, he must have felt the pressure because he's better than that penalty. That penalty is just not good enough. I'm sorry, like, we come back to the same point again. You are a professional footballer. Put the ball in the back of the net or just at least <laughs> hit a corner. Just, it's it's not difficult. If I can do it, then you can do it. And it's it's come to a point, I didn't go to the game. The notification comes off my phone. It's like, well, we, I, I don't get excited anymore. Back in the day, if we get a penalty... <laughs> And it comes up on my Twitter or whatever, or I'm at the game. You're cheering. It's yeah. already a goal. It's basically already a goal. It's 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 there. You've, it's basically like in cricket where you've you've got the wicket. It's it's you know it's out. LBW, but they're just checking. They're just checking because it's it's gonna be out. It's gonna be a goal. Now it's a complete opposite. What is? And I, how like how long how long does it take for us to get out of this massive rut with penalties as well? I think. I had a quick check on the Google. Um, I think the last time we scored consecutive penalties, Barack Obama was president of the United States, and I couldn't be bothered to look out for anything else. You know those things where they've got the, the long list of like, oh, this was this happened. But the last time we, we scored consecutive penalties, Donald Trump hadn't even happened yet, really. Yeah, and it's not like it's even one or two players. It, that was our fourth different player to miss a penalty this season. And, <laughs> and like, you can't even make this up either. Sam Vokes had scored nine out of nine career penalties. <laughs> all of his, all of his domestic penalties he'd scored. I mean, yeah. I, and I, want see the penal- I want to see the goalkeepers he was shooting against if, if they weren't saving yeah. that. I mean, a phobe you missed one against Bristol City where he gave a, a just a weak, low... <laughs> Too central, way too central yeah. effort, and this was kind of the same as well. It was similar. Laces, fucking laces. It's the it's kind of the most basic penalty advice. <laughs> Put your laces through it. Make the keeper work. If he pulls off a great save, yeah, fair enough, fair fox. But um, <laughs> I was like, 
I'm just racking my brain. Like, how how do we do it? I was like thinking, oh, shall we do that pen Barcelona did, where they sort of passed it and completely bamboozled the goalkeeper? We would stuff that up. There is um, absolutely <laughs> no chance that that goes Can right, imagine, is there? There is absolutely no chance that gets passed out for a fucking goal kick, honestly, or maybe a throw in somehow. It's just a tap that just rolls. No. They fall over the fucking ball. That's what happens if they try and do that. Like, they pass it and they just trip up over it. I reckon... Like, they even score a rebound off a penalty. I couldn't so. say. We're going to score... The, the penalty we're going to score, the next penalty, is that the ball's in the back of the net, we go mental, and it's like the ref pulls it back because one of our players is in the box. You know when it, like, rarely happens? I mean, it happens every single penalty, but very rarely the referee decides, this that, time, yeah. this is the time I'm making the example. That is what happens. That is what's going to happen. I wonder who's going to take it. Jack Butler, I think, and then he goes. Shh. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Jack Butler would miss and then just get really angry. Yeah, just shout at the fans. <laughs> what do you expect of me, boys? Don't know why he's not picky blinders. Tommy. <laughs> um, I think only the prince who was promised can bring the dawn. So Bojan has to be the one to break the spell. We need an actual magician. We need a. Who is it? Derek Akora. Who's the guy who bends the spoons? We need him. We need Yuri just... Geller. Yuri Geller. We need Yuri, Yuri Geller. Geller. We need any kind of not hoodoo. Derek Akora. Anyone in in that realm? Anyone in the realm of the supernatural is my point. Anyone with De- any kind of supernatural powers? Derek Akora says he can talk to the dead. How's that going to be useful at putting a penalty away? He can, Unless he's I like we could find a use for talking it. to. He's talking to some striker from long ago, and like yeah, he's talking their to Dixie spirit. Dean about how to twat it. <laughs> there, or, or he could a like reference for the kids. He could... Anyway, we just—I uh, just don't know. Uh, maybe we just be like Corinthians and just don't bother. <laughs> Oh, it's so it's it is reaching that point, like you say. Of we just got to miss now. We just like if we got a penalty next week against West Brom, we just got to miss it. It's it's kind of inevitable. We just you think cursed. when we when we do because inevitably at some point we're gonna score a penalty. Oh my god! I'm the not sure anymore, Chris. Even if we're losing, <laughs> I'm just not sure. Anymore. You're not sure. No. You think from now until Stoke the City end you're gonna days, fold before we score a penalty. That'd be, I mean, that'd be some incredible record. Like, I know you always, you always hear about, like San Marino. Oh, they've not won a game of football in so long. Like, that would be an awful record. Oh, Stoke City, they've missed their last three hundred and ninety-six penalties. Might go to the bookies tomorrow and ask. What are the odds? 5,000-1. This is the next Leicester City win the Premier League, is that Stoke City will never score a penalty ever can you, again. Can you can you imagine this? Well, <laughs> uh, last day of the season, we're finished 17th, say, uh, and we're losing 3-0, uh, where, whoever we're playing. I don't know who we're playing on the final day, sorry. Um, we're losing 3-0. It's a meaningless game, nothing riding on it. Stoke, having missed their last uh, four penalties between January and May... Having missed four more, we we tried uh, yeah. a Penenka, we tried Jack Butland taking one, we tried trying to head it somehow and hoping that yeah. would work. Um, um, <laughs> we tried that bloke yeah. who did it at half time in the in the game at half time. He tried spinning around one of the <laughs> the brooms until you like dizzy. 
We tried all that, and we're three 0 down. Ninety uh, fifth minute, the the crowd is like half empty. Uh, a fo- a phobe steps up, <laughs> kicks it, and it's gone in. Pitch invasion. Can you imagine just the con- the confusion at the Sky <laughs> and the BBC if we just had a pitch invasion for scoring a penalty? Actually, speaking of which. Andy Wilkinson, yeah. 100% record from the spot. Get him back. Yes. Can he play left back? Exactly. I mean, he did play left back for a good while for us. So. Did you see, this was, a, sorry, this is a bit of a change in subject, but it's something that humoured me. Um, back to the Eric Peters chat. Pete Smith tweeted being, he's the best left back he's seen at Stoke in his life. And Carl yeah. Dickinson replied with like the eyes emoji or something. And oh. I was like, that is Twitter as it's absolute Lovely best. Stuff. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, we're going to miss the yeah. noise. We're going to keep um, noise. On the negative beat, uh, Butland's position on the free kick, he's going for a lot of stick for that. And just in general, Jack Butland gets people's goats a lot. And I think it's kind of under, understandable because he, he gives a bit, a bit back to the fans when. Things aren't going well and all that. Uh, I think it's poor keeping. A lot of people said, "Oh, shall we, shall we sell Butland?" Um, I think we've kind of had this conversation on the pod before. I, I just don't see where this fabled ten million, fifteen million offer comes from. So, if you've got a good shot stopper as he showed against Leeds, I don't know why you would necessarily sell him for anything less than an outrageous offer. Um, also, Sam Clucas, fucking hell, Jesus. That was just... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I said earlier that the diamond formation, I think, kind of worked for us, particularly in the first half. And Joe Allen was playing very well as the defensive midfielder. Bojan was playing well as the attacking midfielder. Atebo was doing all right. And Klukas just... Every pass was overhit. He was out, out of position. He <laughs> just looked absolutely lost. It was remarkable. We'd get into good areas and he'd single-handedly just wreck our attacks. Um, I'd play him at left-back, if at all, because I just can't... I've never mm. seen him have a good game in our midfield yet, I think. All of his good games have come on that left left side. Um, he probably should be investigated to see if he's still getting paid by Hull for that performance <laughs> yesterday. Because he, uh, he was their best player. Well, they love him. He was... It's, it's bizarre. Like, what what happens to Stoke players when they walk through the door? Vokes is the same. Like, what... what? Klukas is a good football player. I have no doubt in my mind that that is the case. And it's the same with many of our squad. But it's like you walk through those Clayton Woods door, you get handed a pizza for some reason, and then you turn into shit. <laughs> Maybe it's the pizza. But like, it's just so frustrating. Um, kind oh. of thinking more long term then, uh, moving away from the whole game. A lot of kind of soul searching has seems to happen with every so- Stoke defeat now. Um, why can't I accept the fact we're shit? I like mentally, I know <laughs> we're shit, and we should just like get on with kind of building for next season and and all the rest of it. But before the whole game, I was kind of a bit confident. I was like. Yeah, we can we can do this. Let's go for it. Come on! And then just like at the end of the game, like why well, don't get my hopes up about anything? What is that bloody point? Um, <laughs> uh, where where, you, where were you guys at? Kind of on that emotional kind of hope emotion versus hope spectrum. I'm 
I, I want to be the the measured, calm kind of like, yeah, just see what happens. Yeah, just go for the game for the for the point of enjoying it. Don't get kind of hung up on the result. Don't get hung up on a shit performance. These things happen. It's just a ride. All the rest of it. And I'm just, I just kind of, <laughs> I I hope too much. I still expect too much because I think I should. I think still, despite everything, this squad of players, I should expect more from. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think you have to you have to have something like that. Unfortunately, that's that's what we are here for. And if us three were those people that would just week in week out after the Leeds win, we're like it's part of the project. We'll be shit next week. Don't you worry. And then we were shit, and then we weren't di- unhappy about that badness and it'd be pointless and I think you have to care about it and you have to hope because what would you do otherwise but it doesn't make it any less difficult and it doesn't mean that we expect anything in terms of going up because I don't think any of us do and we haven't done for a long time now so yeah it ruins the Saturday afternoon it it ruins the week I mean but what doesn't happen is we're not in the sort of that state of not caring that we have been for a time. I mean, unfortunately for this podcast, the vast majority, if not the complete majority of, of our time recording this throughout the the couple the last couple of years, it's either been awful or it's just been turgid and we don't really care. At least now we've we've reached a point where we kind of do care. Like, we're not sat there being like, oh, another sort of dull win, another boring loss. At least... Now we've got that hope of, oh, Bojan might be coming back. Oh, for some reason, Klukas is still in the team. Like, there's there's something to get annoyed about. And, yeah, hopefully we'll turn around, we turn it around soon and start seeing some consistency. But at the same time, it's good to care, I guess, is my point. Yeah, yeah. You, that's, that's well put. Um, I think that I'm at a stage where I've written off the season... Um, and so I get my little bit of joy in the hope that I, I every week the week goes by and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter what happens because we're gonna we're gonna lose at the weekend, we're gonna lose, and then Saturday will come around and it'll be like, but do you know what, we might be able to do something, <laughs> we might, and then by like two o'clock, team comes out and I'm like, yeah, fuck it, it's Hull, we can beat him, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Look, do you know what, I think we can, we can. And then the game finishes, and I'm like, ah, oh, why Why did you change your mind on it, Chris? That's silly. And I think all... I just, I just want to in, enjoy enjoy watching us now, because I do recognise that it's going to gonna take us a while to get to a position where where we do, do well. And I have absolute faith that Nathan Jones is the person to do it. Um, and so I just want us to... I just want to see where it goes with him. I want to see us get gradually be- better. I want us to start playing in his, in, in his image, as it were. Um, and yeah, the fact that Bojan's getting an opportunity, good. He played well at the weekend, I thought. Um, certainly in terms of our squad, I thought he was one of the better ones. Um, it, it's good that Nathan Jones isn't afraid to have come in and don't matter what your reputation is or whatever he's tearing it up and going for all all new styles i like it and i find that the i think my interest now is in the long game rather than this season as long as we don't go down another division i think that it kind of doesn't matter where we finish this year um saying that if we go down we can 
get rid of all those fans who are only here because we're in the championship, and then everything <laughs> will be better. Everything will be better, won't it? Um, yes. So yeah, here for the long term. Yeah, can't wait till it's just me in the stadium. That—that's <laughs> <laughs> that, all—that's all some fans want. They just like, oh, bloody other fans coming over here with their uh, enjoyment, with uh, yeah. take, taking up seats in the ground, supporting the team, having opinions. Ah, oh, just just want me, me and, <laughs> and the team. That'll be it. Um, final. Uh, Final point I want to make on the game quickly. Uh, Danny Bart had a very good, encouraging debut. Um, mm. uh, as did Vokes, apart from the penalty miss as well. I thought there was definitely positive signs for both. Uh, was surprised to see Bart being made captain. Maybe that's also a kind of power play on, on the part of Nathan Jones, saying, like, none of you have stepped up as a leader. I'm going to get a former Wolves captain in. He'll he'll set you straight. Um yeah, uh, hopefully there's more to come from from both the new signings there, who were definitely not among the worst performers in that game. Uh, back to the kind of long term question I asked on Twitter: how do we how do we fix Stoke? Um, which is kind of a maybe a loaded question, but a few people had some answers. Mister Orange eighteen sixty three said: three years later, there's still massive question marks over how the club and its infrastructure is run. It's deeper than the squad and manager brackets who is the right person for the job but years of failings need to be rectified just ask Hugh Jenkins Jamie says sell most of sell almost all of them and just start a game with players that Nathan Jones and his team hand pick Mike Lawton it's not a quick job but if the downward trajectory continues time is against us the lack of player consistency and leaky defence are key issues it's taking the theory from training into practice I hope give, Jones is given time and resources to put it right uh, Scott and Ben say get rid of 80% of the squad. Uh, Neil, the expectation that it can be fixed is a question in itself. Maybe it can't. There's plenty of teams worse off than us. Maybe we just enjoy slash endure the ride. So the kind of the theme, I'd say, I think there's three things that have repeatedly come up again and again and again okay. in conversations. It's the overhauling of the squad, which has kind of partly begun now, but we expect more of in the summer. Uh, the kind of planning tactically, buying the right players for the right positions, uh, implementing what Jones wants to do, and also the the patience thing, which is kind of the hardest thing for us to to get on board with. You know, having been pre-season favourites and all the rest of it, now being being asked to be patient is is a bit of a culture shock for us. We're getting used to that, and uh, it's kind of. It's not what we're used to. We, we're used to kind of thinking of things in a season-to-season basis. Every season it was in the Premier League, it was either stay up or improve, stay up or improve, season by season. But now we're thinking, OK, we, we have to think of a season ahead, two seasons ahead. So, interesting times, interesting times. Um, I'm talked out about uh, on-the-pitch matters. Let's have Ryan's question. Ryan! Welcome to Question Time. Congratulations, you have been chosen to direct Stoke City, the musical. What is the plot and what are the players going to be singing about? So, lads, Stoke City, the musical. Uh, I've never been to a musical. Uh, not a stage one. 
Don't know about you guys. Do you have any suggestions for me? Okay, so I I did think about this, and it's a, it's a difficult question, but it's one I think I've got a hold on. Um, so mine, we're going back to penalties, unfortunately, boys. So I don't know how the plot of Cats works, but I know that Cats <laughs> famously have nine nine lives. So this is this is my thought, because obviously nine is the famous number when it comes to our penalties now with our recent uh, record. So I thought... Basically, it's a bit of a it's a bit weird. Like it's a bit of a concept piece, really. But there's nine different acts instead of two or three. There's nine acts, and this sort of indicates how long and boring and difficult it has been to support Stoke over the last few seasons. That you have to endure nine acts, and each act centres around one moment, which is a penalty, um, and. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with sort of literary work where you have different... Oh, it's like Game of Thrones, for example. This is how Game of Thrones is written, where each chapter is from the perspective of, of one different mm-hmm. person or a few different characters. So each each act would be in the perspective of the penalty taker and it would be the moment of the penalty, but also the life of that penalty taker and the, and the moments that led up to the penalty miss. So what is the reason for this happening? Um... And there would be moments of joy, obviously, when the penalty goes in. Certain acts would finish with that moment of pure jubilation. We've actually scored a goal. Um, and then most of them would end with darkness and sadness, um, which obviously indicates supporting Soak at the moment. And, and naturally, we've come to the end of the play now, which is Sam Vokes signs, we've got a bit of hope. And then what happens at the end of the play? Oh, he misses the penalty. And, and we're left with that that moment of reflection, that dejected sort of look inwards of ourselves to think why can't we score that penalty and then then the curtain the curtain pulls down and that's that's the end really why 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 delilah there we go that's quite a sad musical isn't it sounds a bit pretentious well i mean it sounds like (laughs) stoke to me um my my idea is not pretentious um (laughs) uh, and and it isn't so much based around um, you know the artistic merit of a penalty um, so I, I mean I'll, I'll do some terminology explaining because I, I realise you haven't been to musicals Dave but I know I, what a song you, is okay cool right <laughs> you, you know what music is great uh, you, you know what a ju- you know what a jukebox musical is Dave yes that's like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody where they do uh, popular songs in the musical that's it yeah so so yeah like Mamma Mia like the Queen one we will rock you it's oh, oh that one all, we got all the songs of a band and we'll give a loose story just to get these songs in uh, mm. basically mine is going to be <laughs> just the story of We Will Rock You but rather than Queen music it's the hits of Tom Jones nice um, yeah and <laughs> and the story so We Will Rock You is set in the future when corporations have taken over music and uh, everything is uh, digitised and uh, pre- pre- overproduced rubbish and you know rock music is underground in our story all footballers are now packaged media uh, stylized things with their bloody bright coloured boots and their Instagrams and no. one lone hero called Robert Hooth must fight against the tyranny 
and so he you know he it's all to the songs of of uh, of, of tom jones and i don't know what title to give it it's either just calling it why 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 or it's not unusual um i, I don't or surely or, sex bomb <laughs> sure, sure, surely very good point very good point there Ben. definitely um and so and so yeah so you know he works his way through until they realize that oh wait robert hooth wore fluorescent boots all the while it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's just another one of those fluorescent boot wearing players you mean so yours doesn't end happily it does does, because they all just just come together and they're like oh we're all footballers and robert hooth makes a joke about oh you cry i'm tough (laughs) <laughs> and and then uh, and it's but, but it's all um they're, they're all i don't know stoke players in the end that's the happy ending <laughs> and then robert hooth retweets something inappropriate yeah. and you realize they're not actually the, all that media trained after yeah, all yeah <laughs> joy you, you could call it what's hooth pussycat <laughs> oh. um, some some from the listeners um Erin Maria says, got to be a little Billy Elliot style, only it'll be little <laughs> Bo fighting, instead fighting his way into being the best number 10 ever like and finally Aww. being able to, to smile and be like proud. Uh, Michael Aww. Forbes, all over, Charles, Charles Dickens' dark tale of a young hopeful sold into a horrible situation that somehow keeps getting worse. We all pine for our hero to escape. Featuring the hit songs, consider you've, you've got to stop a penalty or two and hooth glorious hooth. Uh, <laughs> Rocky Stoke City the musical the plot would have a biblical twist Nathan Jones would play a modern day Moses who leads us into the promised land better known as the Premier League uh, songs would be Nathan Jones by the Supremes which would also be his squad's nickname uh, Blaze says Les Miserables would probably cover it uh, Lewis says I'd go for some crazy Blood Brothers blues b- Brothers Cross with Ricky Fuller and Sammy Bangora as the leads. It uh, takes you through the no- notorious strikers of the past 20 years. Includes Kits and Big John Parkin and Kyle Lightbourne. Dom just... <laughs> I want to watch that. I really want to watch that. <laughs> I, I want to watch all of them. Uh, Dom says uh, Dom's musical is about bread, various sizes of bread, and whether or not people want to purchase it. <laughs> Good one, that. Uh, Marcus said uh, his musical begins amongst the rubble of the stadium uh, roof after it blew down in 76 a downbeat number that's sung by the players the musical covers key moments from the past 40 years and (laughs) concludes with a hundred oatcake men performing a Lionel Bart-esque version of Delilah (laughs) 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 for fans of Oatcake Man that'll be be his introduction to the stage that'll be beautiful um Rich Walton, Towelgate the Musical. A cast of men sing jauntily about rat-tailing each other prior to a ju- dramatic duet regarding the Christmas party. Also includes the hit, You Can't Whip... <laughs> also includes the hit, You Can't Warm Up in Flip-Flops. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I have not uh, seen a, a live musical. Oh, yeah, I've seen, like, La La Land and stuff. Did not enjoy it. But I, I'm just I'm just not a musical person. So instead, I did puns. Right, Peter Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Into the Ryan Woods. Oh, 
Sunday in the Park with George Berry, The King, Badu and Dai, <laughs> Charlie Adam and the Chocolate Factory, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Oatcake Forum, Joe Allen and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat, Dave Brammer Mia, and Danzel St. Louis wow. Hamilton. There you go. Amazing. Uh, we also asked for Stoke players in mundane locations, and not only did we get the usual ones on Twitter and stuff, we also got some on the iTunes. People actually leaving oh. iTunes reviews uh, for us uh, with their Stoke players in mundane locations. So if you want yours to be read out, leave it in a five-star iTunes review, and we will read yours out. So here is the much-requested part two of Stoke players in mundane locations. Bojan, Piccadilly Gardens. Liam Lawrence. What? 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 Wait, who, who said that? Well, no, we were talking about it last week, how Bojan... Like, I'm, I'm in Piccadilly Gardens basically every other day. Yeah. Why haven't I seen Bojan yeah. in Piccadilly this Gardens? One, this one had photo evidence as well. Oh, another place God, you need to weird. be. Bit weird, that. <laughs> He's... Don't take a photo of him. <laughs> Need to start again now. Bojan, Piccadilly Gardens. Liam Lawrence, The Broughton Arms. Steve Simonson, John Lewis, Trafford Centre. Gordon Banks, One Stop Maidley. Wacky Warehouse and Odeon Festival Park. It's been a fantastic what? week for Gordon Banks. All on the same day. <laughs> it, that is a great day. If you can go to a wacky warehouse and the cinema and one stop in the same day, you've had a good day. Jermaine Pennant. Wacky warehouse. Jermaine Pennant. My next door neighbour's house. Buying a puppy. What that? I've got to My next. Jermaine Pennant. My next door neighbour's house. Buying a puppy that would later go on to kill his girlfriend's cat. Oh my god! No, not that puppy. No. We need to. We need to get that boy on that on this podcast. That is an. That is one of the best stories I've ever read. <laughs> I mean, and the worst, but amazing storytelling nonetheless. Oh my god! I, I'm glad I read that out properly because I I was worried I was going to read it as buying a puppy that would later go on to kill his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, not the case. Uh, these not these following ones have all come from iTunes. Thank you very much. Uh, Jeff Scott, Filbert Street Car Park. Andy Wilkinson, Pottery Shopping Centre Lift. Mama Sadibi, Pottery Shopping Centre Car Park. Jermaine Pennant, a dirty shisha... No, sorry. Jermaine Pennant, a dingy shisha bar. And Nantwich Town, six aside. Um, my dad met Robert Huth in an old car show somewhere in Shropshire, walking among the Volkswagens. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how Robert who spends his weekends, just walking around German-made cars. I will survey the automobiles. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, these are amazing. Ryan Shotton, the beer killer in Printworks, Manchester. And finally, Peter Crouch, Splash Landings Hotel, where him and Abby were staying in a standard size room with Joey Barton and his missus. That was left by... Uh, in the same room? I yeah, I was confused by goodness, this as well. Goodness me. That, that's a story for the tabloids. That didn't, that didn't make that either didn't... autobiography no. that night. <laughs> Gonna say. <laughs> well, that's a detail missing, Peter. But that was left by uh, Apple user, your podcast is shit. So, fantastic. <laughs> hey. 
Lovely stuff. Away, lads. Away. Uh, yeah. Um, that's nearly it. Uh, but we did have a rogue question from Lewis. I think we may have had this on the pod before, but I just want to see uh, if this is worth deleting or not. Uh, Lewis asks, <laughs> if you had to support another team outside of Stoke, who would it be and why? I do think we've done this one before. We've definitely done that before. But I'd say no one, because I'm so diehard. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking the face you just pulled as well. It was pro- that- you won't see that. You won't see that. Um... No, you went proper Danny Dyer there. That was fantastic. Um, uh, I don't know. Rotherham, probably. Because that's where I'm from. Uh, Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, do you know? If actually, do you know? I want to win a bloody the, match. <laughs> yeah, if if it was if it was a matter of oh right, you get to pick the team now that you're gonna go and support. Then I'm, I think that's the question, yeah. Chris. Oh, I, 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 I correct no, me if I'm wrong, but I think that is the question. <laughs> I thought. Sorry, I misunderstood. I thought it was if you couldn't support Stoke. Um, forgive me. All right. Jesus. Oh, look at you two. You do one podcast on you Whoa. on the two of you last week and now look at you. Oh, someone's oh. jealous. Oh, <laughs> and and you didn't ask me and you didn't ask me if, if I'd ever met a footballer in a in a turgid location. So oh no, you can do one. That's that's a completely different question. That's like we asked a mundane location, not a turgid location. I feel like if we ask for turgid locations, that's a whole whole different ball game, ladies and gentlemen. So please send in your turgid locations next week. It's, it's a spin on the original question. Um, I don't want to answer the question anymore. You know when you said you wanted to see if this one could be deleted, Dave? Oh, goodness me. I think that's it from us. Uh, one thing I should mention... Uh, that if you want to support this podcast and get extra content, uh, our good friend John McKenzie's been uh, banging the drum for paying for for content. And whilst we don't want to put any uh, of the usual stuff behind a paywall, it is nice when people can see fit to donate just $1 a month to our Patreon. And that uh, helps us out in terms of production and kind of as maybe a token of thanks for the hours spent we uh, the hours we spend discussing Stoke City the musical, which you definitely wouldn't be able to hear anywhere else, thank God. Um, so yeah, if you want to help us out on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Wizards of Dribble. We're hopefully doing another Patreon special soon. But if you want free beer instead and you want to support the podcast, you can take advantage of the Beer 52 offer, which uh, hopefully I've remembered to put the advert in at the start. If not, it might not make <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah, Stoke is shit. But uh, I've had fun today, Chris. Uh, uh, Chris, your podcast is shit. Thank you very much. Dave, your podcast is shit. Uh, Ben, your podcast is shit. Thank you for joining me. Go well. Right, right. Can we not bring in all the fucking podcast gimmicks? (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Should have sold him to Bear Pit on deadline day. Can't believe it. <laughs> See you later. Go on, Stoke.